Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Massive Attack Podcast. Welcome to my world mini episodes. Yeah. I'm Joe. With me, as always, is Mitch. G'day. How are you? Good. We've got a kind of good one here today, I hope. Well, they're all good. Of course they are. No, they're not. We're going to talk literature. Well, really? kind of. We're talking graphic novels. It's still literature. It's it got is. words. Hmm. And pictures. Heads. Graphic novels. <laughs> but anyway, a couple of years ago, we talked about an Andre the Giant comic called Andre the Giant Life and Legend, which was written by a guy called Box Brown, yep. whose real name is actually Brian Brown, but he goes by the name Box. Because he's not a fan of FX. Who's not a fan or of cocktail. FX? Mm, maybe. Mm. But anyway, he's back and he has he's done- black. He's mad. No. no, I think he's a white dude from oh. America. Okay. Slightly younger than us because he was born in 1980. It's more than slightly. Well, yeah, but almost the same generation, isn't it? Well, we seem to be in the same stuff. Yeah. He made another novel, graphic novel, a couple of years ago about Tetris, called Tetris, the games people play. Which I'm very tempted to get. Yes, but just lately... February this year, he released another graphic novel called Is This Guy For Real? The Unbelievable Andy Kaufman. Mm. And I didn't know... You say know, Kaufman. I say Kaufman. Well, see, so you say it like Lloyd Kaufman as in the guy from, from Troma. Troma. Yeah. But does he, Andy Kaufman say Kaufman or Kaufman? I say Kaufman. We'll, we'll do both. One of us is going to be correct. Yeah. Right. Just like with the scones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm right on that. You've been proven wrong so many times. For people who have not heard, we had a debate on whether you put, with scones, do you put jam then cream or cream then jam and everyone knows it's cream then jam you're just so wrong now I want you to find Sherry Berry Skeletor herself Mary Berry Mary Berry that's the one tweet at her and get her to confirm that's the only way I'm going to accept cream then jam is if she says yeah that's right. well it just depends where she's from really whether she's from Devon or from Cornwall (sighs) anyway enough about cream on first we are talking about Andy Kaufman And as I said, I didn't know a lot about Andy Kaufman. I can remember. What did you know? Well, before this graphic novel, what did you know? I knew that he was a comedian. Mm -hmm. I'm doing inverted commas here on an audio podcast. Yep. And I knew that he was a little bit out there. And I can remember in the late 80s, early 90s, watching a wrestling video hosted by Bill Apter and Gordon Soley. And Bill Apter was talking about Hollywood crossovers and how Andy Kaufman, the comedian, went to Memphis and challenged Jerry the King Lawler. And they had a match. And then they showed a little bit of a clip of Lawler pile driving Andy Kaufman. And then afterwards, him sort of saying, I'm going to put my lawyers on you, blah, 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 sort of thing. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And really, that's kind of all I knew about Andy Kaufman for a good many years after that. Yep. And now I know of the fact, or I did know of the fact that there was the movie with Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen up until after I'd read the book. But then I read the book and I was hooked. I was like, man, I want to know more about Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I, I saw the movie when it came out and that was my first exposure to Andy. I had no idea who he was before that. So it was sort of like, he was a thing. He really was a thing. Oh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't sure. an obscure thing. He, he was a big deal. So it was kind of weird watching this man on the moon going, how do I not know about this guy? And I vaguely remember maybe Taxi being on telly. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't I don't think I have ever seen an episode Apart from of that, Taxi. there's no reason I would know how he exists. That's hmm. all. That's, so that's why I don't know. Like you saw him through a wrestling tape where yeah. there was no other point of reference to see him. So, yeah. So, for me, it was the introduction was through the Jim Carrey film, mm. which was good. I really enjoyed it. Never saw it again. But it was – and Courtney Love actually was hot in that. Yeah. And I never thought that much of it. But, in mm. it, I, I remember going, mm. But, yeah. So, so that, was, that was cool. And I think a few years later, something triggered me to go looking for Andy – like, I don't know what made me think of it. Probably because being into wrestling and things like that every now and then, or it'll get bought up the whole Jerry Lawler thing. And I this was the time when YouTube, you know, broadband we had on YouTube. Yep. So I could actually go and find clips. 
Hmm. So I did go through a bit of a Andy kick a couple of years ago, 10 years ago or so. Well, that would kind of make sense because Man on the Moon came out in 99 and I can remember watching WWE at the time and they were making a big deal about the fact that they were filming this. And I've got a feeling that's when it actually came out that the whole thing was a work. Well, it sort of came out, well, a lot of people came out when they saw the film for the first time. That's when a lot of people go, oh. It was work. Yeah. But yeah. Right, so Apparently it was sort of common knowledge, but we'll, we'll go through his probably, life. Let's yeah, go jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah, so, so, so that was my knowledge of him, was literally the the Jim Carrey film was my introduction to him. Yep. And then a, a, a cursory sort of YouTube binge for a day hmm. or two about 10, 15 years ago. And then didn't think about it until I saw this book came up. I love the Andre book that he did. So I was yeah. like, oh, an Andy Kaufman book. I'm going to buy that. And read that, and that made me go hunting YouTube clips again. So I went down a Andy rabbit hole of sorts. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's, let's talk about young Andy, shall we? Okay, so the, the book covers from when Andy's a boy. He grows up in upstate New York, New Jersey. I can't remember there, exactly yeah. where it is, but him and his dad and his brother see wrestling on telly one day, and they're like, oh, you know, this is kind of cool. And Andy kind of falls for Buddy Rogers, and he's like a pretty boy bad guy. Mm-hmm. And as like buoyant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Most kids would gravitate towards the good guys, but Andy was more, I like the bad guy. Yep. And after watching him on TV a little bit, he realized that, you know, Buddy Rogers was his thing. Mm. And they saw an ad for wrestling in their local coliseum. So they went to a live show and Buddy Rogers was on the live show. And then from there, he was hooked as a wrestling fan. And I think in the comic as well, they cover him and his brother doing wrestling moves on each other. And he suplexes, his brother suplexes him onto the couch and hurts his neck or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And then eventually they go to Madison Square Garden to watch Buddy Rogers defend the world heavyweight title. But he actually loses really quickly to someone that Andy didn't think he should have lost to. And then Andy decided that he would give up on wrestling because it's not fair. Obviously, he didn't know that it wasn't real at that stage. But from there, he then got into, I think it was Bongo Conga drums. drums bon- Conga? Yeah. Bongo? Conga. Yeah, well, big drums anyway, yes. from some Nigerian dude came to their school. And, <laughs> and then Andy thought, hey, I can learn conga drums. Hmm. And he by that stage, he was a teenager and he was doing birthday, birthday parties. parties doing magic and yep. entertaining for kids shows. Hmm. He, was just, he was an entertainer. That's, yeah. that's sort of what he did. He was a bit obscure he liked, and he loved Elvis. That was, that was what you get. He loved wrestling. He loved Elvis, and then he did magic and entertaining. Yeah. And he sort of got into comedy, but he was just so obscure. And um, I don't know when he got smartened up to wrestling, but the fact he loved Buddy Rogers because people hated him. And just the control he had over the people. And yep. that's what he appreciated, I suppose. You know, it's like, oh, wow, what he can do to a crowd. And, yeah, he's just very subversive. And I don't, from what I can gather, like Man on the Moon, I haven't gone back and rewatched because after watching, getting back into this again, I actually didn't want to. Like, I didn't want to see Jim Carrey's version of it. Yeah. Because we were actually, we were going to talk about Man on the Moon and then talk about watching that, was it Andy and Jim? Andy and Jim, yeah. And in the end, I was like, I didn't give a shit about Jim. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, I, I don't care. Well, kind of jumping ahead a little bit again. After reading the comic, I did the same thing. I did a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole. Firstly, I was on the WWE Network and I typed in Andy Kaufman to see if anything would come up. And the only thing that came up was, I think it was an episode of the local Memphis wrestling that was the week after. Oh, okay. And it had Lance Russell, the commentator, addressing the whole Andy Kaufman came in and threw his Hollywood weight around and made an ass of our business sort of thing. Yeah. And then they showed a, a clip of the match rather than the whole match. And something I've, I remember is watching it on that original Pro Wrestling Illustrated video. 
and just seeing them do the back suplex and the pile driver and then that was it sort of thing and I was like well you know that's obviously the clip they're showing but by reading the comic it sounds like that was the whole match oh, it was much, yeah. yeah but the way they drew it in the comic I thought was really well done and it kind of does expose the business a little bit because they've got like a you know a panel of Jerry Lawler in his barn practicing the suplex on Andy and then the same exact position in the ring doing the, the move and the pile driver business has been exposed oh definitely it's, 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 well, well before yes yeah so Andy pretty much he had his character worked out yeah. like he figured out what to do and this is what he likes he's a manipulator he doesn't he doesn't want to be loved I, I don't know this is the thing about Andy like he invented this foreign the foreign man is it his character what's yeah, he called foreign man foreign man and he comes up with an accent saying I, I want to be a comedian I, I, and he's just doing these terrible jokes that are just they're terrible so yep. you're going up and he was doing it at these like open mic nights where you could just go up and do something so he'd get up there and he's famous for it and that's your greatest hits you know he's sort of similar to your um, Andrew Dice Clay in the fact that you're going there to see him do the same performance where if you go to a comedian now you don't go the next year to see the same stuff yep. you want to see new stuff but he's sort of one of those guys where he's got his routine and that's what you want to see but this is like people weren't prepared for the stuff that he was doing and I don't think people at the time knew that it was a bit. They just thought he was like... Well, and that really, was the surprise yeah. of it all. And there was no YouTube or social media, so no. you could get away with doing this multiple times without giving it away. But what he'd come out as, he'd be this sort of sheepish man saying, hello, I, I, I'm co- going to be comedian. And, and he'd tell jokes and they're not funny. And then he'd do impersonations and they're terrible. And the crowd would start turning on him. He'd literally push the crowd to turn. And he goes, I, I do an impersonation of Richard Nixon. Hello, I am Richard Nixon. <laughs> and it'd get more and more absurd. And he'd use that whole it stops being funny and then it starts being funny again eventually kind of thing. Yeah. And just to his credit, knowing what exactly what he's doing, he goes, oh, one more impersonation. I do Elvis Presley. And he'd turn around, he'd rip the sides off his pants and they'd become like spangly stars flares. down the side yeah. and flares. He'd grease his hair back because it was all down. And he'd turn around and he'd sing, I think. I don't think it was yeah. miming. No, it was actually sing. him singing mm. a pitch perfect Elvis Presley impersonation and not a parody one. Like it's a spot on yep. perfect one. And it'd just blow everyone away because he sort of – Sets the bar so low with everything else he's done, he'd bring him up with this amazing Elvis impersonation. And we're talking 1975 ish, if not earlier. So Elvis was still a thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a punchline like it would be now. So it was just sort of like, wow. And I've seen it a few times. He's done it on Saturday Night Live. There's plenty of clips on YouTube watching it. And it's like, wow. But, I mean, we've seen Elvis impersonators since. Yeah. You know, it's not, it wasn't a common thing back then for one. Probably not, no. But it was just like, whoa, okay. That's, that's, you've got some talent there. You know, just his manipulation of the crowd was just amazing yep. in what he did for that show. Or for what he did for that character. And he became a star on the back of that. Yeah, definitely. And that's where he got on Letterman. Not Letterman, Carson. Yeah. Carson and then Saturday Night Live. He was sort of a, a regular guest. I don't think he was a... No, he was never actually officially a cast member. No, he but was he a regular. Was a regular guest. Yes. Yep. But yeah, he just obviously got bored. Now, you've seen the movie more recently, so you might have a bit of insight. Yeah. The my memory says of that sort of part of his career, jumping from stardom. And interesting you mentioned that because as much as I like the comic, it's very much skewed to Andy's wrestling career. Yeah. And I think Box Brown is a wrestling fan. And it kind of very much glosses over big chunks of his Hollywood career and his Well, like, he became a huge star on Taxi. Yeah. I think that's what Well, basically they took his foreign man role for his foreign man character and they sort of said, We're gonna give you a character that is pretty much this character. 
Yeah. But somewhere along the line, he kind of got back into wrestling. I think he might have seen it on TV again and, and then decided that he would start going to the matches. And he initially approached Vince McMahon Sr. to try and get himself into the WWF at that stage. And Vince Sr. was kind of like, well, you know, we don't want showbiz in wrestling. We want it all about the wrestling. Yep. Ironically, it was a couple of years later that it completely changed when Vince Jr. took over. Mm. But from there, he started to bring girls up on stage to wrestle with them as a way of sort of feeling them up a little bit, I guess. On uh, Yeah, he had to wear a couple of pairs of jocks, apparently. Yeah. Just keep himself modest. But then I don't know how much of that is for real and how much of that is... Uh, and that's how, the whole thing with Andy here was no one knew... Really, what no. the game was? No. Well, well, it was interesting as well because going back to those early days of when he was doing the open mics and stuff, yep. a lot of people hated him. Yeah, you know that people didn't get him and stuff. But there was a guy there who saw him one night. Now, you know, take the real story. How often how they saw it, but he he loved the the first time he saw it. Yeah, he looked at Bob Zamuda and he's there and he's like, "This is genius. This is great." And they became friends because he talked to him afterwards and said that was fantastic. Yeah. And Bob Zamuda was a bit of a practical joker as well. He liked the fucking with people in that way. Yeah. And they end up coming up with another character. Not only did Andy have that, he also had another character because he saw bad performers and stuff. And I think it was in Atlantic City or something. And yeah, either Atlantic City or Vegas or somewhere yeah. where they had a casino performance. And he saw a guy and he invented his own character called Tony Clifton, who is a bad Vegas comedy singing act. Yeah, who like just a lounge was act. offensive, terrible. <laughs> and it was never, there was no payoff like the Elvis gag. Yep. It was just a bad act. And that's what he, he entertained himself. He didn't entertain the crowd or he entertained Bob Smooda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that sort of was this, he didn't have a lot. Like he had the foreign man and the Tony Clifton character and the Mighty Mouse clip. Yeah, is- so when he was a little kid, he was watching the cartoon Mighty Mouse and he really liked the theme song for Mighty Mouse. And part of his act was he would get up there with a record player with the theme from Mighty Mouse and pretty much be standing completely still playing it until the chorus comes along with the here, here he comes. comes to save the day. And then he would sort of dance and mouth the words. And it's funny. It, it's very <laughs> funny. It's- it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, so he's just – basically on the strength of that, he got his gigs on – on the comedy shows, yeah, like doing Carson and things like that, hmm. and Saturday Night Live, which would have been late seventies, I suppose. And then they gave him the job on Taxi, which is a sitcom which ran for hundred something odd episodes. Yeah, a lot of episodes. It had Tony Danza, Judd Hirsch, Christopher Lloyd. Yep, Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, yep. and Kanicki from Greece. Yeah, so yeah, it was you know look at it now, it's a big cast of names that you recognise, and he was from what I can gather a star of the show, like he was the Fonz in yeah. a way that he was sort of like the not the main character that was Judd Hirsch's character, but he was he was the side character that the got the laughs. One, yeah, that yeah, when everyone he when he walked in, everyone's like ah, you know yeah. that sort of thing. And I don't know Taxi, hmm. and that's a beauty of when they made Man on the Moon, they actually had the cast come back, like they're twenty years older yeah but they did it except Danny DeVito who didn't come back because he's actually playing George Shapiro I think yeah. in that who's yeah. his manager yeah like he's Andy's real life manager is George Shapiro Danny DeVito played him in the movie so when they did the taxi scene they did a scene without Danny DeVito's character in mm. it because that would just kind of it confusing for everybody but yeah, they brought everyone back for that. So mm. as much as I don't want to see Man on the Moon again, I kind of do. Yeah. Like, because they did such a good job in that. I, th- I think so too. But going back to the comic is what I found strange in the comic. And I guess looking at it now and knowing that the whole thing was a work was he met Bill Apter at a show at Madison Square Gardens. And he actually said to Bill, look, I'm, I want to get into wrestling and I want to do this oh, wrestling. Who's, who's Bill Apter for those who... All right. So Bill Apter was a quite a renowned wrestling photographer who then went on to be... 
I think it was editor-in-chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Mm -hmm. probably the biggest wrestling magazine there is and has been for a very long time. But Bill Apter, I think, was editor-in-chief. He did a lot of photography for it. And back in the late 70s, early 80s, he was kind of a name and probably still is now. But he met Andy at a show and Andy was like, look, I want to do this act where I wrestle women. And, you know, they were basically saying it'll never fly in New York in WWF, but I can hook you up with Jerry Lawler in Memphis and maybe we can try it down there. And then from there, they did the whole angle where he wrestled women on the crowd and then Jerry came out of the audience and sort of said, look, you're making a mockery of the sport. Well, he didn't I just wrestle. I mean, he was hated. Yeah, well, So we're was. talking he was loved by people who loved the show Taxi. Yeah. And then he'd go down to Memphis and challenge women to wrestle. Yeah. And Andy Kaufman, the actor, we're not talking the lovable character from the show. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I've come from Hollywood and this is, you know, I'm coming here and yep. women. women's job is not to be in the wrestling ring. I can beat any woman within three minutes. I can beat any – no worries. It's like I'm not, not going to wrestle men. I'm well, not see, that built was the for thing, that. Though. He, he put the challenge out there and he didn't need to beat them, they but beat they him. needed to beat him. Yeah, and he, but he's saying, you know, get back in the kitchen and do all this. Yeah. But he was disgusting. Yeah. Really, I mean, in modern sense, I mean, it was an act. Yeah, he was an absolute chauvinist asshole. And that was a character that he was putting on. I yeah. don't think he believed it. I, no, I mean, I, I, I assume not, well, you know. I, I mean, yeah. this is what people are saying. But it's all it was just part of it. And it was just like, oh, yeah. So he would get the crowd riled up like Buddy Rogers, you know. And this is what he wanted. Yeah. So it was sort of like going to all these uh, backwards-ass towns and talking about, I come from Hollywood, I've got all the money, you've got no teeth. And it was just pure heel work. Yeah, and exactly. they hated him. Yeah. Hated him. And then, you know, he worked the angle with Jerry Lawler. And Jerry Law is like, you're making a mockery of the business, like you said. So you can't, you know, get out. This is it. I'm going to wrestle you. And he goes, no, I don't wrestle men. I only wrestle women. You're going to kick my butt and this and that. And they just pushed each other to a point. They got, they ended up having a fight. Yeah. And they worked out what to do. And like you, sh- you said before, what happened? They did the pile and, driver. And technically Andy won the match because the pile driver was an illegal move in Memphis in the 80s. Yeah. So, and, you know. you know, he and he said, you know, he's laying there and it's like, get me, a, get me an ambulance. I was like, are you hurt? And he goes, well, he's talking to, you know. The referees, it's like, yeah. no. It's like, so, that, you know, yeah, we, I'll pay for it. I'll we can't it. afford an ambulance. And Andy was like, well, I'll, I'll pay, pay for, for it. Because he's rich. Like, he was literally very, very successful. Yeah. So, you know, he went there and he's hanging out. And he had a calcified neck. They found out while he was in there. It was probably from when his brother did a move on him when he was a exactly, kid. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, he, he went around with a neck brace selling the selling the injury for, for months. For months afterwards, yeah. And he was just pushing it for this thing. And it was just this feud with Jerry Lawler. And this. it's not like everyone else can see wrestling from there at the time, could they? You only really watched it in your area. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a national thing. But then... He made it national. He did. Well, because storyline-wise. David Letterman was a big fan of Andy Kaufman. Mm. And he got Jerry and Andy on Letterman a couple of months later. Well, because he kept pushing. It's like, you, you, I'm yep. going to sue you. I'm going to take my Hollywood lawyers and I'm going to sue you because you used an illegal move. You did this, you did that. And they just pushed the angle. Yeah, so it was sort of like they worked with Letterman. And they did it so well because I've actually gone back and watched this clip mm-hmm. afterwards because this clip is on YouTube. There is, there's a like a 20-minute supercut of all the times Andy's been on, on Letterman that you can watch on, on YouTube. But obviously one of them is when he and Lawler were on. And they started off and Lawler was basically saying, look, it, it's wrestling, it's all part of the show and yep. you've come along and, and this and that sort of thing. And they almost call it at the, that stage that it's not real. But then Andy, goes Andy keeps 11. pushing yeah. it. So Lola then snaps, uh, slaps him. Yep. And it was like, well... And Andy cracks it. He yep. he swears. Swears on TV. Which, yep. you know, in 1980s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he drops the F-bomb, I think. So, he did. you know, yep. it's it, it feels real. Yeah. And that sort of thing. They and then, it. yeah, Lola smacks him and storms off the set and Letterman's there to kind of pick up the pieces. Yeah, but so it's, and then like you said, until the movie came out, a lot of people never knew it was worked. Exactly. And in the comic, they make a, 
a big deal about the fact that they're sharing a hotel room and after it happens, they both go back to the hotel to watch it when it actually is sort of thing to make sure that it came across well. Mm. And and that's what I really like about the comic. It's it's almost a Jerry Lawler comic as much as it is an Andy Very Kaufman much so, because I thought it'd be a, like a Kaufman book. Yeah. But it's like, no, this is all about pretty much his wrestling storyline. Yeah. And that's it. It doesn't talk about anything else because, you know, tragically not long after he um he got cancer and passed away. Yeah. And they hardly cover that at all uh, in the book. In the, in the comic is hardly there. It's in the movie. It's a big deal. Yep. And, and there's a lot of things that he did. Like So that's pretty much the comic. So that's as far as we can cover it. Yeah. They sort of covered the feud with Jerry Law and that was it. But yeah, he, he did his interesting things. He got TV specials. And there were things he wanted to do on the TV special. Like, you know, when you, I don't know if there's any younger listeners, TVs could roll. If you didn't tune them in properly, the, the picture would roll and not be proper. Yep. You know, you get snow now if you get, well, you don't get snow anymore. You just get a blue screen of nothing. Yeah. Back then, you could almost get a picture sometimes Static. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted to deliberately do that. And they go, why? And he goes, because there'll be Cause people getting up off yep. the couch and they could be hitting their TV trying to get it to tune in, but they can't fix it because we're doing it. And yeah. To him, that was piss funny. Yet, no one else is going to be in on the joke. They won't I, I think Bob Zamuda thought it was oh, pretty funny did, as well. And yeah. they, they were their own biggest fans. Mm. Little oh. things he did, like with the Tony Clifton character. When he got his job on Taxi, he goes, all right, but my business partner, Tony Clifton, has to have a character as well. He's got to be in so many episodes and this and that. And there was rumours going around that Andy was Tony Clifton. Like, because yeah. he had, I mean, you'll see some early footage of it, the, the makeup and the wig and all that isn't that bad. But some... Later ones I've seen were pretty good. Yeah, he, he got some pretty good yeah. prosthetics, I so guess you call it. So there was episodes where it had to be them, and he had to have his own caravan for <laughs> Tony Clifton. It's like, but it's just Andy, and they go, but it's not, you know. But then at some stage, Bob Zamuda took well, over. And that's where Tony they Clifton. started playing yeah. with it. It was sort of like, oh, it's just Andy. And it's like, then Andy would be out, and then Tony Clifton would be out, and then Andy would come out and play bongos to accompany him. And yeah. like, but but he's meant to be Andy. And so they swerved a lot of people by doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and to the fact where he got sacked. Like, some. Um, Tony Clifton character was so annoying on set of Taxi. I think it was the second or third episode there, and they go, "We can't work with you anymore." He got sacked, and, and, and not was- just sacked. They actually forcibly removed him from the set, and yeah, the police had to come along and throw him out and yeah. like lock the gate of the studio. And he told Shapiro, "It's like it's my favorite day of work ever." <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's just a strange cat as mm. far as doing all these things go. And everything was a prank. Everything was a gag. You could never trust Andy. Yeah, because you don't. You don't know. know what's a work and what's for real, and and you don't know who's in on it. Mm. But then, yeah, after I finished the comic, I did go back and watch Man on the Moon because I'd never seen it. And I think I probably did it the right way because I watched a bunch of YouTube clips first of Andy just so I had a bit of an idea of what he was like and and who he was, Mm. really. And then I went back and watched Man on the Moon. And I don't know if Jim Carrey really did it justice. Well, this is – I went down and watched all these clips. Yeah. And then I watched My Breakfast with Blasie which I'll talk about in a sec. And then there was a supercut of comparison scenes yeah. of Andy and Jim Carrey. So it was like, here's the man on the moon and here's the bit that he's parroting or, you know, yep. he's, or he's tri- tributing. Yeah. And I didn't like Jim Carrey's performance at all. And that's why I never went back and watched it because it's like, I don't want to watch him because Andy has such a subtleness to it. Yeah. Where subtle is not a word you use with no, Jim Carrey. And I think that's the problem that Jim Carrey was still being Jim Carrey. He wasn't being Andy as well, Jim Carrey as Andy. He was still pretty much Jim Carrey. Yeah, because I was all into watching Man on the Moon again and then watching the Andy and Jim movie, hmm. Doco. And I know Jim Carrey loved Andy Kaufman. Yeah. A lot of comedians do. And you can see why. Yeah. Like respect for what he did. And. Even though Andy himself didn't class himself as a comedian, he always said to him that he was a performance artist, and he was. But it was funny because you see Jim Carrey, he absolutely adored him. 
you yep. could tell, and you could hear in the interviews when he was talking about the movie. And obviously, this doco's come out on Netflix now called Andy and Jim, where it was Jim Carrey. Because you heard the stories on the set, where he's like, "No, no, no, call me Andy. You know, don't call me Jim." Off, yeah. off, you know, off camera, he was so in the zone. And apparently, the doco's about how he got so in the zeitgeist that he thought he was Andy and all this sort of crap. Mm. And I was like, "Is this an Andy Kaufman style work?" I heard he was a prick on set. Yeah. So is work? Did you get lost in it? And that's what this doco is talking about: how what he was like back then. He was yep. not in a good place. He was this. He was that. And I'm mm. like. One thing I, I will say when watching Man on the Moon, though, when they're actually auditioning for the women that he's going to wrestle with when he does the spot on Saturday Night Live, that kind of does make it seem that it is a work. Because I think they kind of made it sound that women were just coming out of the crowd to fight him. Mm. But there's a scene in Man on the Moon where he's got a bunch of women all lined up and he's sort of like, oh, yeah, I'll have you, you and you can come and challenge me sort of thing. So I think maybe I, – I don't know if it was a complete work like you would think – wrestling is now but i think he hand-picked the people that oh, he would have he wanted to fight yeah rather than just having anyone come out because they do make a big deal about the fact that i he think did when, get by one. when he was in memphis they got some woman who was like a judo champion or something yeah. that come out and, and literally handed him his ass sort of mm. thing but he loved it because he was getting roughed up by a woman and that's yeah. what he was into yeah but, so yeah um yeah so watching the supercut of the two movies the scenes side by side Yep. It just made me realise how much I didn't like Jim Carrey's performance. Yeah. Because it's like, there's, there's a subtlety and an innocence to, to Andy. Yeah. Like, he, he does look innocent. He does look like a baby sometimes. He's just got this hmm. patheticness to him. Yeah. Which underlines the sinister side to the humour. Yeah. Because there was, and I watched a doco. He did, oh, I don't know what you call it. But there's a wrestler called Classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah. Or Classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah. Um, and he was... A wrestler back in the 60s, maybe 50s. Maybe even earlier. And uh, manager of the early, up up till the early 80s or something. I think when I started to get into wrestling, he was a manager and he was an old man at that stage. Yeah, and he was sort of a pop culture guy, a bit like The Rock before his time because he had a concept album. Back in the day. And he had that song, Pencil Net Geeks. And, yes. and he was... Like he had his catchphrase yeah. that became a song, just like The Rock. Yeah. And he was, yeah, w- well known for that sort of thing. And Andy appreciated him because he was like another Buddy Rogers. Yeah. He was, and he was very much, you know, platinum blonde or greying by the time we got to know yep. who he was. But he would wear... The pretty boy bag guy. Yeah, sparkly yep. jackets with his name written on the back. And he was just, yeah, a, a pretty boy. Mm. And yeah, so... They became friends because they respected, and he used him a lot with the whole, you know, his feud with the wrestling. Yeah. But yeah, and there was a movie called My Dinner with Andre came out around this time, and it was sort of like this arty film about this conversation. Like the whole movie is just this one dinner and this conversation between the characters. So he did My Breakfast with Blasi. And it was like a doco where Andy's there and he catches a bus and he meets Freddie Blassie, the, the wrestler, and yeah. they just have breakfast. Yeah, they go to like a Waffle House or something. Something they? like that, yeah. And it's at the start it was fascinating to see watching this thing because it literally is these two guys chatting away and Freddie Blassie's an opinionated old wrestler yeah. and they're talking about stuff and I don't do this and I don't know, I can't eat any of this crap and he's talking to, you know, the waitresses and the way he does this yeah. and it's just strange. Like it's like this, it looks real, it feels kind of real and it is kind of shit so that's what makes it feel real but there's a table in the background and someone comes and asks for an autograph and freddie's like what do you and andy's like yeah sure and andy's like and freddie's like what we're eating why why, why are you giving yeah. them time we're, and it's, it's, it's weird conflict not between them two but outside but they're but, questioning back in each other's back and forth saying why are you doing this where 
And he's got this innocence about him where yep. he'll follow what Freddie does, where he's really nice to the people who want an autograph, but then Freddie will say, what you do that for? And then they sort of ask for something else yep. and he gets angry yeah. at them now because... And I think that's where they changed The Man on the Moon a little bit because in the real life story is when he was filming the My Breakfast mm. with Blassie, that's Lynn Margolis, who turns out to be his wife later on, that comes up and asks for the autograph. Yep. And then that's where they first met and then they started going out and got married from there. But the way they do it in Man on the Moon is they get Lynn to be one of the women and that he actually wrestles on one of the shows and then they start yeah, going they out. So, it. Like yeah, it's it such is a strange. tribute to himself. Why would but they change that? They cut the whole Freddie Blassie bit out of Man in the Moon. Well, so it's, maybe narratively, it's not an easy thing to put in. So no. I guess you've got to meet the woman somehow, so yeah. just throw it in. But yeah, it's just such a weird doco. And I'm watching at the start going, this is fascinating, this is really good. And by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. No. So it's, it's a little over an hour long. It's I on, probably should watch it. It's but, on yeah. Vimeo or YouTube. It's all there. It's interesting because mm. it's just, these two dudes having a conversation, but he's there in the neck brace because in that period of his life, and they're just chatting away. And he's mm. talking about he likes, you know, Freddie Blass, he likes Asian women. He's been in Japan a lot. He's got a Japanese wife, and you know, he goes off to wash his hands and he talks about what you, you know, because he orders his food. So Freddie's there and he's talking to the waitress while Andy goes off and wash it, comes back. <laughs> and I was like, What'd you wash your hands for? And he goes, Because people shake your hands. It's like, You don't know. And Freddie's like, I'm the same, you know, they want to shake your hand and they, you don't know if they wash their hands when they've been to the toilet. And it's just there's really good conversations early on. Mm. But it sort of peters out to nothing towards okay. the end, and then they just finish off, and he gets on the bus and goes home. Mm. And it's again more of this performance art sort of stuff that he did. Yeah. But it's yeah, I found him fascinating, and yeah, so watching the comparison stuff sort of just turned me off watching Man on the Moon again. Going, yeah. no, I'm going to leave it with the real Andy because mm. there's enough of it out there. But also, I went on. It's like I've never seen Taxi. I should just see what the characters like and how they used him. So there was a clip on YouTube. But it was actually broadcast, I don't know, it was like an anniversary of Taxi or something. And it was like the the best of Taxi. And it goes for a little over an hour. And it's hosted by one of the stars of the show. And she just talks about all the different, oh, we had this character. And talk about Judd Hirsch. And then they talk about everyone else, Tony Danza and this. And they show classic clips from, so I probably saw the best of Taxi in a way. But they're showing like famous episodes or famous little sketch or little bits from it and stuff. And actually look a really good show. Matt, see, I've, I've never watched it and I was never into that sort of early 80s mm. sitcom sort of style because other than MASH, I can't think I've, I've seen a decent sitcom from that period. That'll probably upset a few people. <laughs> I don't think I have. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's something like... You're saying good times? Are they sitcoms? I guess they are. Yes, exactly <laughs> what they are. Facts of life. That was later. Different strokes? That was later no, as well, was wasn't not. It? Maybe I'm just, yeah. I, maybe it's a thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe I was watching... A, you know, eight, eight and a half hot mum or yeah, something. Maybe That's your... Maybe the problem was I was watching child-friendly sitcoms yes. like Facts of Life and... Um, <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Silver um, Spoons. Yeah. And maybe I was watching Small that. Because I was, what, 11? <laughs> I wouldn't have been watching Taxi at no, the time. No, yeah, it's amazing that the comic can inspire you to go and watch this sort of stuff. And because we live in this wonderful digital age where you can just you know, well, find a clip. That's the beauty of being into what we're into as well and the age we're into. Yeah. This stuff exists yeah. because it's easy in the entertainment medium. Like We've talked about Hip Hop Family Tree in the past. And it's a great comic book of talking about the history of hip hop music, and it's all there. YouTube yeah. is your friend. You exactly. watch this with YouTube open, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to watch this clip mm. or watch this thing." And yeah, and the podcast we listen to, we watch wrestling. 
wrestling. He actually brought it up saying, because they were talking about the Andre Doco. Yeah. And they were saying that it's a great industry to use to do with docos because yeah. the stories are great. There's a story within a story and yeah. it's all been videotaped. Exactly. So it's all there yeah. to be used. So, yeah, that's a beauty of... And, and that's what really gets me in the fact that this didn't come out, the whole Jerry Lawler thing, that it was a work until much later. They managed to keep it really undercover. Well, I suppose wrestling was still kind of real until around that time. Yeah, I don't know. I'd... Some they, people they, knew it was fake for a long time. I mean, a lot of people did, but that, you know, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, because even still, you watch some wrestling and you go, yeah, I know it's fake, but but that looked kind of real. And I think that's <laughs> what this was. I think a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, everyone knows wrestling's not real. But, hey, what about Andy Kaufman? That was real. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. And, and people want to believe. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up our little... Yes, about Andy, and still not alive. Well, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people thought he faked his own death. Yeah, because it was you know he was a huge fan of Elvis. And already he had said, "Wouldn't it be good if I fake my own death?" And, and he then, did say that. So yeah. a lot of people thought that's what he did. He he had enough, and he wanted to get out of it. He didn't like doing the sitcom anymore. He didn't want to be everyone's performing monkey, and he, he faked his own death. A lot of people thought that. Yeah, and because of the whole. Tony Clifton thing and, you know, Zamuda, sort of like Tony Clifton could still make performances and the gun is a dandy. Yep. And even on Man on the Moon, like Zamuda as Tony Clifton attacked Jim Carrey at yep. a, a press conference sort of thing. So it, it, it was fucking with people a lot. And even with Man on the Moon coming out, they thought that might be Andy's return. People thought that would be his, yeah. oh, he, this is when he's going to make I'm not really comeback. dead. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is my movie. Sort of. And that yeah. sort of thing. And, yeah. uh, and obviously it didn't happen because he's dead. And they addressed that in the movie. They because a lot of people thought he was, you know, when he said he had cancer. I was like, it's Andy. Don't stop being Andy. Stop it. I was like, no, and it's did. interesting because I watched a, a Letterman clip where he came on Letterman and he was kind of not looking well. Mm. And he was like sweating and, and just sniffing a bit and coughing. And even Letterman's like, are you okay? Do you need a tissue sort of thing? And it's like, is he working here or yeah, is this part of the whole? That's the thing. Yeah. You never know. And yeah. Yeah. So it was, fa- it was, it's fascinating. And yeah. yeah, I didn't get to it till after the movie. I didn't know who the hell he was. But yeah, the, I, I much more appreciated this comic just for bringing, yeah, bringing it to life in these exactly. really simple, cartoony sort of drawings, too. It's not, not super articulate, you know. No, it's not photorealistic. It's, <laughs> no. Yeah. They're really cartoony, but yeah, it just, it got me into it. And thank God, because yeah, I wouldn't have watched that super cut of Taxi and I wouldn't have watched the comparisons <laughs> and gone back to it. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And you said, like, when you, you texted me when you were watching and saying, oh, he's a fucking genius. It's like, yes, in hindsight. Yeah. But at the time, I would have hated it. And I think a lot of people did. Like, <laughs> he did one performance where he was reading from The Great Gatsby and he was like, well, I'm not going to do comedy today. I'm just going to read this book. And half the crowd got up and left. But then he had a record player next to him well, and he was well, like- Well, that's the thing. Yeah. He would read it and people would think it's funny. Yeah. And they'd giggle. He'd read five or six, seven pages and people would giggle. Then they start groaning. Yeah. Then they start getting angry. Exactly. Then they'd really get angry. Then some would leave and then people would get really pissed off. And then he's like, all right, all right, sorry, I'll stop. Would you like to hear a record instead? And because he's famous for the, the Mighty Mouse, Mouse yeah. thing, it's like, oh, yeah, do the record, do the record. Puts the record on. And because he is so good, where he left off, where he stopped reading, because that's the moment, he knew the moment where they would be at that point yeah. of ravenous anger. It's like, would you like me to play a record instead? And they do. So he puts on the record and it takes off exactly where he stopped reading. It's him reading, <laughs> reading Great the Great Gatsby yeah. on record. Mm. And it's just like the laughter hits. I mean, it's just this manipulation of an audience Yeah, for just the... Tear up one gag. Yeah, exactly. 
and yeah, he's and he did all this stuff. You know, he did on Saturday Night Live. Um, there was a show called Friday or yeah. Fridays, which yeah. was sort of a cash in on Saturday Night Live. Kind of like a live. It was a live sketch. sketch. Show, no, it wasn't of, improv. Yeah. It was just like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it was a sketch yeah, show. Sketches, with yeah. he was a guest on it, and Michael Richards Kramer himself. Yeah, he was on it. They were meant to come out. Like the setup of the gag was they were at a restaurant, and all the members of this four people having dinner. They're all going off to the the bathroom and getting stoned. Yeah, and when they come back, they're they're stoned. So that, that that's a gag, apparently. Yeah. So Andy comes back and he's got his eyes are all wide and weird. Well, and he didn't want to do it because Andy was never a drinker. He's not, and never I, a, I don't a drugs do drugs. Person. Well, this yeah. is this is the thing. So he he's come out and he's he's doing the sketch. He's meant to be stoned. Everyone's giggling because that's the setup. And he's sort of doing it and. He's not saying his lines and the other cast members are sort of trying to feed him the lines. And I think Saturday Night Live, if you go back to that era, we're talking first two, three years. Yep. It wasn't that good. No. The talent on it was good, but it was just sort of a lot of laughing through takes and things because it was live. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, I, 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 and he's sort of going, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't act. I don't do drugs. I don't, st- I don't act stoned. Yep. And the actors are just sort of trying to feed him lines. They're trying to move on. He's just not doing it. Michael Richards has cracked the shits with him. Yeah, he's like, screw it. He he gets up from the chair, walks out to the front where the cameras are, grabs the cue cards, throws them at Andy on the table, and said, "Yeah, you know, read, read the damn cards." Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like, ooh, and everyone's like laughing. It's all weird. And it's like, is it true? And he cracks the shits, and he throws water on Michael Richards, and they all just crack the shits. And he does again. The Andy thing is like, was it a work? And apparently yeah. it was. Yeah, but you just don't know, and no, it sort exactly. of come out, and we just don't know. Hmm. So yeah, he's he is an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a sweater vest. Yeah. He's pretty cool yeah so yeah I, I totally respect him but I'm, I'm glad i can see him in hindsight yeah where if i saw him at the time i would never have respected what he was doing i mm. thought oh, that that's an annoying comedian yeah mm. mm. so that was cool thank anyway. you box brown for yes. bringing him into my life again so now we just need to dig up that tetris comic and then we can we'll, do another mini episode we'll on tetris because tetris mm. i know i played a lot of it me too mm-hmm. an awful lot anyway one more thing before we go i will just mention that we finally got to meet Binksy and Evan from the Fun Size Happy Hour podcast last weekend. We were at a wrestling show here in Melbourne and we'd kind of talked on Twitter a little bit and realised that we do share a lot of interests and they've said hi to us on their show. We've said hi to us on, on our show. But it was finally nice to meet them in person. Mm. So, yes, thank you to Miss Ree who did the introductions and broke the ice for us. Yes, because I was too scared to say anything. Yeah, we were kind of standing there going, should we go and say hi? Should we, is that them? Should we go? I feel awkward. But, no, yes. But, yes. Thankfully, Ree was there to make us all feel happy. Yes. But anyway, that's enough for us today. This is meant to be our mini episode and we've gone probably twice as long as we normally do, but there was a lot to cover in Andy Kaufman. So I would recommend if you don't know much about Andy Kaufman, get a copy of this book by Box Brown. As I said before, it's called Is This Guy For Real? Mm-hmm. And you can buy it on Amazon and lots of other places book where you can find about 20 something bucks. Yeah. yeah, definitely worth it. And once you've read it, do the rabbit hole, watch a bit of him on YouTube because yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there and it is well worth the watch. All righty, Mitch, and we will see you all again in another couple of weeks for our regular episode. No worries. All righty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. friend
Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Andy, did you hear about this one? 